My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, thank you for coming back for another episode of All the Hard Things. Today is the day before Thanksgiving 2020, Um, so holidays are creeping up. I'm sure some of you are feeling a lot of different emotions around the holidays coming up since it just looks so much different from what we probably expected. I'm feeling some of that too. So I wanted to come on today and talk about something that I don't know if it was because of my podcast or um, maybe people in general in the general community are being more open about it, but some of you have told me that you are anxious about becoming anxious when you're a mom, Um, specifically fear of becoming one of those moms who experiences postpartum OCD, postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, or anything like that. So we're going to talk about in this episode kind of whether you are vulnerable to developing some of those issues, maybe some protective factors that might be in place to kind of protect you or make you less likely to develop some of those issues later on down the road if and when you become a parent. And just some other things so that you can kind of be aware that this is a possibility. It's a possibility for everybody and no one is 100% immune to it, but hopefully just give you a more realistic kind of estimation as to where you're at because as we know, anxiety likes to overestimate the probability of something bad happening. And so there is a genuine legitimate estimation that some percentage of the people listening right now may go on to develop postpartum depression or anxiety or OCD or some kind of combination of all of those things. And anxiety, if you allow it, will kind of latch onto that potential, latch onto that uncertainty, and will make a mountain out of a molehill, will kind of catastrophize that, and will definitely overestimate the probability of something bad happening. So I do think part of this is my podcast, potentially, Um, just talking about it so openly and having other women come out anonymously on my Anonymous series. And I'm not sorry about that. Um, That was kind of my first inclination was that I wanted to apologize and, you know, I did not want to have triggered people. And of course, that was not my intention, but it happened. And I'm still glad that information is getting out there because, It makes me, it brings me back to my initial stages of becoming a parent when I didn't hear about all of these things happening. 
I, of course, read about them in literature and I learned about them in school, but I didn't know of any real life kind of context experiences of this happening. And so by me delivering that to you as my audience and you guys getting to listen to it firsthand, I can see how that would just jar some of you. Um, But I am glad in general that people are becoming more open about it so that later on when women do struggle and when dads do struggle, they don't feel like they have this compounded shame and guilt on top of that by feeling like they're doing something wrong or that something is wrong with them. So like I said in this episode, I'm talking to anybody who is fearful of getting or experiencing postpartum issues once they become a parent. So this applies to whether you currently have OCD or not, whether you currently have anxiety or not, and I've heard it from both ends. I've heard people who don't have anxiety or OCD being afraid of developing it, and I've certainly heard of people who have OCD and anxiety being afraid of it exacerbating um, whenever they become a parent. So we're going to go over why I think these fears, like I said, are coming up more and more, why this fear is legitimate how postpartum issues can present a challenge for people with OCD and anxiety and what things you can do to kind of protect yourself or at least arm yourself with some good tools and equipment to ensure that if and when it does happen to you or affect you, what you can do to help yourself. First things first, I get how it can be scary. So I, it was scary for me having this kind of rapid development, I would say, of it. And I just felt like it hit me out of almost nowhere. Um, Or at least it was pretty gradual, you know, pretty rapid onset, you know, within a couple of weeks, I'd say. I can also imagine how scary it would be to see it coming potentially from years away or have this notion that it may happen to you and be fearful of it, that it may happen to you long before you even get pregnant or have plans of starting a family. So I can imagine how scary that must be. Um, we're hearing for the first time, a lot of times in our society, you know, we, a lot of times we hear that motherhood is all lovey-dovey and when you see your baby for the first time, you just fall in love with them. And I think that that's real sometimes for people. And I also think that it's not real for people sometimes. Like there's another side of the story that we need to be talking about. Um, so yeah, so as I talk to new moms and as I talk to expecting moms, I'm always in this weird place. Like, and and as I'm talking to all of you now who are listening, I'm always in this weird place. Like, I want to be honest with you and I want to be honest with my expecting mom friends about how difficult things are. And I also don't want to scare them. I don't, I want to be supportive and I don't want to like, you know, be that dark cloud. But the point of the matter is, and the fact of the matter is, that a lot of it can feel like a dark cloud. So on one end, I want to be real with them, and I want to be real with you, and I want you to know what's up. I want you to not feel how I felt, which was like motherhood, I felt like, was a surprise track at the end of a Taylor Swift CD. Like you listen to all the tracks that you expect to see or hear, and then you just keep going, you keep going, and then all of a sudden there's this surprise track that no one really told you about. And except it sucks. And I absolutely hated it. (laughs) So once I kind of experienced the not so glamorous side of motherhood and the darkness that it could be, I really got resentful of people not telling me the truth. I got resentful of my friends who suddenly seemed to only come out of the woodworks and share their difficulties with me once I shared my difficulties with them. 
So I also want my friends to know and for you to know that you can come to me that, you know, my platform is a place where you can get that awareness and get that education. So it's just a really weird kind of gray area where I want to provide this information, but I also don't want to scare you because it is still a really beautiful thing and it's still obviously so, so worth it and something I'm so grateful for. But the reality is it can be very dark sometimes and it was very dark for me. So I understand how hearing about anxiety and OCD issues becoming, you know, you're hearing about them being more common in motherhood. People are talking about them more. I think that's great. That means that women are being more open. We're not just covering motherhood issues up as much anymore. Um, and even I'm a therapist and I got hit by it, right? So I, it's important for people to know that no one is immune to this. No one is immune to postpartum anxiety. No one is immune to postpartum OCD or postpartum depression. I'm a therapist and I've been studying and working with the OCD and anxiety population for uh, 10 years now. And it still rocked my world is the way that I always describe it. It kicked my butt. And so I want people to know. I want people to know all of these things. So postpartum issues do not discriminate. So it is a possibility that anyone out there listening could develop these issues. There's not a population out there or a set of people out there who are completely immune to these issues, who will 100% without a doubt not experience these issues. And dads can experience these issues too. People who have a history of OCD, people who have a history of anxiety and depression, people who do not have a history of those things. It really just depends on so much. Because really so much is going on when you become a parent. There are so many hormonal changes. It's just a major time of transition in general. Um, think about all of the major transitions that are happening, not just for in the body and in the brain, but also lifestyle and environmental transitions with work and how you spend your time and the amount of sleep that you're getting, the, the quality of the food that you're eating, like everything in your life changes. There are identity changes, mood shifts, changes in your relationships. So you and your partner um, may not be able to kind of communicate or repair mishaps in communication the way that you would have before. And you're probably not taking the best care of yourself. And all of that is a huge mixing pot for emotional issues and mental health issues to potentially come about. Now, that's not to say that everyone will experience these things because not everyone experiences these things. It really just depends. It depends on a wide range of factors. And unfortunately, there's no way to tell whether someone 100% will experience these issues or develop these issues or 100% they will not experience or develop these issues. So with that said, there are some things that, according to the research, will kind of increase the likelihood that you may struggle with a postpartum mood disorder or some disruptions postpartum. And so some of these more risk factors include things like having a previous history of anxiety, OCD, or depression. This is prior to having a child and prior to becoming pregnant. So if you have had a previous history with any of these mental um, health concerns, then it's possible and it's more possible that you will experience them um, or experience them in a different way once you become a parent. Not a cause, right? Like it, it's not 100%, but it does make you more likely and more vulnerable to that in the future. Same thing with family history. So if you have a family history of postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety or OCD, 
that's going to mean that you're more vulnerable to developing it yourself. Again, not 100%, but it does make you more vulnerable to that. The third one is if you're sensitive to hormonal changes. So if you're one of those women um, who like you take medications or you're on birth control or you're around the time of your period, you just are very, very sensitive to any of those hormonal changes, it might be more possible that you will also struggle a little bit more during the postpartum period simply because of all the hormonal changes that take place when you are pregnant and when you give birth. Also, previous pregnancy loss. So if you have previously experienced a loss of pregnancy or difficult pregnancy, then that's going to make you more vulnerable to experiencing these issues. Um, Individuals who are in a lower socioeconomic status. There's a lot of explanations for that. Um, Just less support, less access to support. Also, if you are in the middle of a crisis or a major life transition. So I cannot tell you how many women on the Anonymous series, just on the Anonymous series alone, told me that during their pregnancy or during postpartum initially, they were in the middle of a move or a new job or COVID hit. And those are all kind of crises. Those are all major life transitions that will, you know, contribute to you being more vulnerable to developing these issues. And then the last one is a stressful relationship. So if you have stressful relationships or a stressful relationship with your partner in particular, that's going to make you more vulnerable to developing these issues as well. So again, with any of these issues, it's not to say that you are going to 100% get it and that you can't overcome that or kind of beat the odds still. just means that you are going to be a little bit more likely to develop those things. So let's say that you have perinatal OCD and anxiety, meaning you're pregnant and you are experiencing some anxiety or OCD or whatnot. I had someone ask me, do these issues always get worse when you have a baby? And the answer is it can. Nothing is 100% guaranteed ever, especially when it comes to our mental health. But what I would say is that if you are struggling during the perinatal period, so you're pregnant um, and you're not actively getting treatment or you're just trying to challenge yourself with, you know, assignments on your own and you're trying to be very diligent, um, the odds are kind of against you. Um, So like if you're not actually seeking the treatment of somebody else or, or from somebody else, Um, and you're kind of letting your anxiety call the shots and run the show, then the odds are against you um, that once baby comes, it's going to get a little bit trickier for you. So again, you can't say for sure um, because everyone's situation is different and nothing is for certain. But with motherhood, so much already is stacked against us. Hormonal changes, transitions in the life, in our lifestyle, and in our environment, my advice is if you are struggling in the just that when you're pregnant to try to seek out that help from a therapist as soon as possible because chances are when the baby comes, it's just going to get worse. And that's chances are it's not 100%, but um, just my thoughts on that. So yeah, so my thoughts on, on that especially is it's not like the anxiety is just going to go away. So I did an episode on perinatal OCD and anxiety. And one thing that really came up for me that is still really resonant is it's not like that anxiety is just going to go away once the baby is here. So a lot of times, especially if people have had a miscarriage or a loss of a pregnancy, they may become anxious or develop obsessive compulsive 
symptoms around like checking the baby's heartbeat or checking to make sure that their baby is still kicking on the inside of them, maybe overly calling their doctor, um, searching things on Google, stuff like that. And I get a, a lot of the times from clients, you know, that they kind of justify it in the moment. They don't think that that anxiety will kind of linger after they have the baby because then the baby will be here, right? And then they don't have anything to worry about. They didn't lose the pregnancy. They didn't um, lose the heartbeat or anything like that. It's just going to get more difficult once the baby gets here. So once the baby gets here, there's still going to be uncertainty about whether they will make it. I mean, every day we have that uncertainty as parents. So maybe you're no longer, when you're pregnant, maybe you're checking the baby's kicking, maybe you're checking the baby's heartbeat. Now, once you, be, once you become a mom and they, you know, you have the baby, maybe you'll just be checking their monitor. Maybe you'll be checking their breathing. So unless you really step in and intervene in some way, especially in the perinatal period, it's very, very likely that you will have the odds kind of stacked against you once the baby is here and things can kind of translate just into a different form and those symptoms will kind of latch onto something else. I'm hitting the pause button quick to share with you guys a product that my family absolutely loves. Magic Spoon is a protein-packed, delicious adult version of some of our favorite childhood cereals. It's a healthy cereal that seriously tastes too good to be true. Each serving has about 11 grams of protein per serving compared to those other cereals that only have one or two grams of protein per serving. Each serving also only contains three net carbs compared to an average of 24 net carbs per serving with other cereals. Magic Spoon cereals are also grain-free, gluten-free, and free of artificial sweeteners and other funky ingredients. They have flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, blueberry, honey nut, and my favorite, peanut butter. Give it a try at magicspoon.com and enter Jenna Overbaugh, one word, for free shipping on me. Happiness 100% guaranteed. So, yeah. With that said, nothing is ever 100%. Um, if you have perinatal OCD and anxiety, you are not guaranteed to continue having it. If you don't have OCD and anxiety, you are not guaranteed to not get it. Um, my recommendation for people always is to see a therapist. So if you are concerned, um, even if you don't have anxiety and OCD at this moment, but this is something that you're kind of concerned about, I would always 100% advocate for women to set themselves up with an appointment or at least get their name out there, get those connections out there, start to look for therapists who specialize in postpartum issues. Because once you become a mom, there are so many reasons and excuses as to why you won't go to see a therapist. There will be time constraints. There will be excuses about sleep. There will be, ex and I say excuses, they are legitimate reasons, but they are, you know, just reasons that you will put someone else above you and your own needs. So, you know, I remember before I sought out therapy, um, I was struggling and I remember telling my husband, like, if I had a free hour, I would shower. <laughs> I would not need to go and see a therapist. I would just need to shower. And of course, in hindsight, I really needed to see a therapist way more than I needed to shower. Um, I think just when you're in the trenches of it, you can't see things clearly. And so, again, my recommendation would always be 100% to any mom out there listening, any new mom, any expecting mom, make that appointment, set it up, get the connections out there, get your feelers out there, see who is in your area, see who you might need to contact. And if you feel up to it, make the appointment. 
make the appointment for a couple of weeks postpartum or whenever you feel like you might be ready, especially with teletherapy. It's way more accessible for moms these days to be able to see a therapist from their home, not have to bring their baby out into the world, not have to worry about that anxiety as well or bring them to an appointment. So I would strongly consider making that appointment because once the baby is here, you'll have a million reasons. And in the moment, they'll seem totally legit and you'll put yourself last. And then who knows when it comes time to actually make that call for the therapy appointment, who's to say that that person will be open? Who's to say that it won't be too late? Who's to say that you won't have a long, long wait list? I know when I sought out treatment, um, when I went to call a therapist, they wanted me to wait six weeks. And luckily I'm a therapist, so I, I contacted somebody who I had, you know, brought into a mom group for a while, um, and I kind of had a connection, but, but you may not have that. And so it's really important to kind of be proactive and plan ahead, especially when it comes to your postpartum mental health. That would be my number, number one recommendation. So let's get into some of the things that might work to protect you. We talked about some of the risk factors. Now let's move into some things that might act as like a protective factor to kind of act as a buffer or maybe, you know, a barrier to protect you from some of these issues becoming either more serious or from becoming problematic at all. Um, The first one here is no history of any mood disorder. So if you've never experienced them before, then you are less likely to experience these mood disorders or these kind of mental health disruptions in the future. No family history of mood disorders. So if no one in your family has a history of these mood disorders or symptoms of these disorders, then you may not be in the clear, but you are more protected from developing an issue down the line once you become a parent. Also, if you have good social support. So good social support really, really helps having people who you can rely on to share those vulnerable moments, to ask those questions, to get help and to ask for help if and when you need it really makes a big difference. Access to healthcare. So like I said, if you are able to get into a therapist, if you have health providers who are actively checking in on you and your mental health and not just worried about the baby and six-week appointments where you can maybe go back to having sex and maybe go back to fitness, they're actually caring and being vigilant about your mental health. Those are some really good protective factors as well. Also, maintaining steady relationships that are not stressful. So making sure that you and your partner are on the same page as much as possible when it comes to these things can definitely help the situation down the line. Um, Making sure that kind of any other relationship drama or stress is kept at bay as much as possible would also be helpful. And then finally, having education about these issues prior to experiencing them. So that's a huge thing. And that is probably arguably more than any of the other ones is probably the most that's within our control. So definitely above and beyond, right? Like just making those appointments, like I talked about earlier, educating yourself about the issues prior to them coming on, on like this rapid onset is really, really important and can be super protective as far as these development of the disorders go. So with that said, Pregnancy or having a traumatic delivery or becoming a mom also does not cause OCD or anxiety, okay? Nothing causes OCD and anxiety. There was not any specific trauma or anything like that that caused X, Y, and Z to happen. 
there was more than likely some underlying issues or some underlying maybe more subtle behaviors or vulnerabilities that were more than likely always there kind of laying dormant until a, a provoking environmental situation came about. And so what can happen is pregnancy or a traumatic delivery or becoming a mom or anything that's kind of stressful like that, it can kind of evoke these things and bring them to light, but it does not cause something to happen. So here are some things that you can do if you are worried about experiencing these issues when you become a parent or if you're worried about certain issues becoming worse when you become a parent. First things first, normalize the issues. Not that they're normal and that you need to be kind of complacent with them and you should expect them, but knowing that if you do experience them, it's not personal to you. So they're not normal, but they are common. These things are common and probably more common than any of the research and any of the mental health or, you know, medical professionals will say in a pamphlet or anything like that. It doesn't mean if you experience these things that something is wrong with you. Knowing all of the different things that happen during pregnancy and once you become a parent and being able to give yourself some grace during this time is going to massively reduce and possibly reverse that shame cycle that often happens and occurs that just makes us feel worse as moms on top of already feeling horrible. Because what happens is we we normally feel horrible. <laughs> it's just, you know, that's part of life and, and especially motherhood and being a parent early on. There are some horrible times. There are some horrible feelings associated with that, some horrible thoughts at times. And then as common as that is and as normal as that is, Sometimes because people don't talk about it, we then think that there's something wrong with us. We then think that there's, you know, there, we're not meant to be parents. There, we're doing it wrong. We're never going to get it. And that's just not true. So then we start to feel guilty. We start to feel shamed. Um, so by just knowing that these issues are more common and more common than they probably are ever going to be released in any sort of percentage or anything like that on a pamphlet or in a medical document, we can eliminate or at least reduce some of that guilt and shame that we feel on top of already feeling horrible. Two, I would emphasize education. And sometimes this isn't enough. So in my case, like I said, being a therapist, I felt like I knew a lot about what I should do um, and what I shouldn't do if I was experiencing OCD or anxiety in motherhood. And in a way, I felt like that made my experience a lot more difficult because then, like I said, I had that compounding shame and guilt on top of it. Like I know what I should be doing. I know what I shouldn't be doing. So why am I still doing it? I'm such a fake. I'm such an imposter. There's something wrong with me. But still, even with all of that considered, I cannot imagine how badly I would have struggled if I would not have had context for some of the issues that I was struggling with. I cannot imagine having some of the intrusive thoughts that I had and not having the context for them. I can't imagine having some of the depressive thoughts that I had and and not having the context for them, not knowing that so many women experienced this and it wasn't just me. Like that would have been the ultimate devastation. And looking back, if I wouldn't have had context for some of the experiences that I had, I'm sure that I would have thought that I was going crazy. So I just want people to become educated, um, and that's one of my goals with this podcast and with this podcast episode is that people can be more educated and kind of know what's coming their way so they can be a little bit more protected. 
like I said, the third recommendation would be to set yourself up for therapy in advance. Don't wait until you get into crisis mode. It can take so, so long and you do not want to get yourself in that position. So when you're in the trenches, like I said, you're going to have so many reasons not to take care of yourself, whether it's the baby or you just want to shower or you just want to be left alone or you can't bring the baby outside to the appointment. Just make the appointment in advance and hold yourself to it. Do not wait until you're in crisis mode because then you will never, ever go for it. Fourth one is to be knowledgeable about the maternal mental health system and how it fails women and how it can fail you. So let's talk about my experience really quickly with this one. So know that, okay, so so for the most part, women get a six-week checkup, right? So they get their baby, they go home with their baby, and at six weeks, they get a checkup. That's normally how it goes. I'm sure in some areas um, and with certain OBGYNs, maybe it's a little bit different, but for the most part, that's how it goes. Women have the baby, they take the baby home after a couple days, and then they come back for a six-week checkup. Um, If you need more, I would ask for more. Um, And if you really are having an OBGYN who doesn't feel like they're supportive or doesn't feel like they support you, then advocate for yourself. Um, And there are some assessments that they will give you, like postpartum depression, I think is the one that they give everybody. And really, they should be giving more. Um, Again, some clinics, some doctors may give more. They may give ones about anxiety. I know in my experience, they just gave me a depression one. And it's hard to be honest as a new mom on that assessment because they ask things that are so scary. Um, Like if you ever had thoughts of hurting yourself or hurting your baby, are you sad all the time? Do you cry all the time? And it's hard to be honest. It's hard to, you know, write that down on a piece of paper and then give it to someone behind a desk and kind of not know what's going to happen with that information. But It's really important that you fill it out honestly. It's really important that you, if you feel like you have something else going on, that you advocate for yourself um, and know that for better or for worse, like they're not, they may not just give you these things. I know in my situation, I had to specifically ask for an anxiety assessment. I remember saying that one of my issues was that I was struggling with anxiety. They went through and tried to give me a depression assessment and I answered the questions, but then I followed up and I said, I know that that's not what I need help with right now. I I need you to give me an anxiety assessment because that's the problem. And they did. And I ended up scoring really, really high, um, scored kind of low, moderate on the depression scale. But had I not advocated for that, who knows if I would have been able to get the help that I needed. So be able and willing to advocate for yourself. I know that it can be hard, especially if that's not a skill that comes easy for you. Um, but you are absolutely more deserving than just a six-week checkup and just a depression screen. That seems very superficial and kind of scary to fill out. Next thing would be to set yourself up with supports in your area. So look around and see what groups are available. I know I did that prior to even having my child, so I looked around and saw what breastfeeding support groups were available, what mom groups were available, what, you know, what social opportunities where they're going to be during maternity leave because I knew that I was going to be lacking that support and I really wanted to try to get around other moms as much as possible and try to stay active as much as I could. I would also encourage people to sit with the uncertainty. So just know you could experience some of these issues and some of these issues could get harder for you. Know that what you are doing 
you that you're doing all that you can and all you can do is simply to try to become educated and open yourself up to that education and try to set yourself up with good supports and take some of the other advice that I'm giving you. Also know that worrying about it, about whether you will develop some of these things or whether they're going to get more difficult for you, it won't necessarily make it any better. <laughs> um, the more we don't want something, especially when it comes to anxiety and OCD, usually the more we get of it. So the more we say, no, 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 I don't want that, the more we end up thinking about it. So it's more about you having to correct the worry in the moment um, and kind of catch that in the moment and have confidence that you can and have permission to solve problems when they come up. And if this problem comes up, you can return to this podcast episode, you can return to my platform or anything else and know that there are things that you can do to support yourself. So at the end of the day, it's all uncertain. We can't say for sure whether you will or whether you won't, but give yourself permission to not solve problems that aren't problems yet. And then the last piece of advice here and recommendation that I would give women and, and expecting parents in general is to know that women get better. And when they experience these issues, there is great support out there for, for, for parents and for women. Um, Mom groups, education, medications, there are e-courses, you know, Instagram has been a great, you know, awareness and education filled kind of platform. There are lots of communities online and in person. The therapy for women that exists for these issues is really incredible and women can get better, women do get better, and they go on to live meaningful and special fulfilling lives that are very hopeful and they're able to manage these issues without issue as long as they continue to come back and continue to live the lifestyle of recovery. So I can honestly say having been through my issues, I feel like I kind of appreciate things in a totally different way that had I not gone through some of those issues, I don't know that I would be able to appreciate them the same way before. So I feel like I'm a lot more mature having gone through my postpartum issues. I feel like I'm a lot more grounded to where I feel like I'm actually thankful and grateful for the small moments that I have with Eli. Um, I'm grateful for things that I certainly would not have been grateful for before that I probably would have just experienced and let come and let go. Um, it sounds cliche, but I would not be the mom or the woman that I am right now without having experienced that awful, awful year of postpartum anxiety and OCD and depression. So I'm here for you. You can return to this episode anytime and the other episodes anytime. I can't say that you will or will not be kind of struck by some of these issues, but I can say from experience that there is hope on the other side, even if it does hit you hard. And there are tons of resources out there. So in the meanwhile, have a belief and have confidence in your abilities to problem solve if and when you need to. Have belief and confidence in yourself to get through hard things. It could be hard. It's hard not knowing that certainty of whether you will or whether you won't sometimes, but just know that you have the resources and you're taking great care of yourself. You're doing amazing by even doing these little things like trying to educate yourself in advance. So keep up all the awesome work. Let me know what you guys thought of this episode and if there are any other ways that I can serve you regarding this topic. Until then, keep doing all the hard things.
For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.